Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. We come now to have our reading from the Bible, and our reading is taken from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. Let me pray before we read. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we are not on our own. We thank you for giving us your spirit. We pray he would be at work in us now as we read your word and as I preach. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have a Bible, do take it. And we begin at Romans 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirits you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. My guess is that for many of us over these last few months, at times we have felt trapped. We've been living in lockdown. No hikes or haircuts cut off from friends and family. Holidays, hobbies cancelled. It's not been an easy time. But it's not just the lockdown that can make us feel trapped. My sense is that for many of us during this season of lockdown, we've had more time to look at ourselves in the mirror and to see how we behave around the people we're in lockdown with. And it's what we see in the mirror that can make us feel trapped as well. Perhaps it's the way that we relate to the people around us. Maybe we find ourselves constantly getting grumpy or tetchy with the people we live with. Maybe it's the way that we cope with anxiety and fear. We, we find ourselves running off to the fridge or we find ourselves poring over the news headlines or our hearts and minds feel so busy that we can't settle down and read God's word and, and pray. Maybe it's the way that we cope with boredom during lockdown, escaping to another round of Netflix or surfing the internet. Perhaps we find ourselves going to certain Websites that we know we definitely shouldn't be going to, and yet, like a, a fish, fish caught on a hook, we find ourselves being drawn in again and again. And so we feel trapped by our desires, our motives, our speech, our behavior. 
This week, the government has announced its plan to ease the nation out of the national lockdown. But what about us? I wonder if we have a plan to ease our way out of our own personal lockdown from all the things that we say and do and desire that we don't want. And if we have a plan, what is it? Is it working? As we turn to Romans chapter 8, we find that there is great news for people who feel trapped by our sin. The chapter begins, as we already heard, with the great news that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. On the cross, Jesus died to take away all the wrong things we do, past, present, and future. And that is wonderful news. But as Romans 8 continues, there's even more good news because we discover that the one true God of the universe, when we put our trust in Jesus, he comes and he lives in our hearts by his spirit. And when the spirit comes and moves into our lives, he comes to bring a help that we desperately need as we escape from the trap of our sin. Today, I want to look at just one verse from Romans chapter 8. Here's our key verse. It's verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Over the years, there have been many famous boxing matches. I think of the rumble and the jumble or the thriller in Manila. Well, here in verse 13, there is an almighty battle taking place, not in some boxing ring, but in the human heart. And the stakes couldn't be higher. It is a matter of life and death. In the red corner, there is what Paul calls our flesh. A few verses earlier, he describes what our flesh is like. Just glance back to verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So here is our red corner, our flesh. And our red corner does not like God or God's word. So when God speaks to us in his word, perhaps God says to us that he wants us to be kind and patient. Our red corner flesh says back to God, God, no way, I'll be, I'll be grumpy if I want to be grumpy. The red corner, our flesh, is incredibly powerful. The flesh offers us much in the short term. It appeals to our desires. But verse 13 reveals that in the end, the way of the red corner is a way to death. This last weekend, we marked the 75th anniversary since VE Day. Of course, the decisive moments in the battle were won many months before, but the fighting continued, and it wasn't until VE Day that the fighting in Europe stopped at the end of World War II. And when it comes to our red corners, the flesh, something similar takes place. On the cross, Jesus won a decisive victory. Our flesh was crucified with him. But it's not until Christ returns that we will be free from the presence of our flesh in our lives. And so because we live between the cross of Christ and the return of Christ, we experience an ongoing fight with our flesh, the red corner. 
That is the red corner, but there's good news. There's also a blue corner. Look at how Paul describes it. Verse 13 continues. But if by the spirits you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Here is the blue corner. There is a new life at work in us, led by the Spirit of God. And the blue corner wants the exact opposite of the red corner. The blue corner loves God. The blue corner loves God's word and wants to submit to God's laws. And so there's a battle taking place within every Christian. But there is such good news here. Because when we feel trapped by our sin, our thoughts, our motives, our behaviors, we're not on our own. God lives in us by his spirit and he leads us into a fight against the misdeeds of a body that the flesh spurs us on to do. Of course, we're not saved by the success of our fighting. There'll be ups and downs, victories and losses. No, we're saved by the death of Jesus on the cross. But the fact that we fight at all is a sure sign that the Spirit lives in us. And when we fall and fail on the mat, he picks us up and he dusts us down and he sends us back into the ring to fight against the red corner, our flesh. It is wonderful news. But even as I'm talking, my guess is that some of you are wondering, well, hang on a minute. What does this look like in practice? How do I put to death the misdeeds of the body by the Spirit in my everyday life. Some people, I think, assume that it all boils down to our own personal efforts. So we have a problem with our temper, and it's down to us through sheer self-control to deal with our temper, the, the, the red corner in our lives. But it never works. And verse 13 says that we must do the killing by the Spirit. We need his help. We need to be praying for his powerful work in us to help us in this battle. But it is possible to make another mistake about how verse 13 works. I have here my mobile phone and from time to time I get a text from Apple telling me it's time to upgrade my phone. I give my permission, I plug it in at night, I go to sleep and whilst I sleep, something remarkable happens. The phone all by itself gets upgraded, a new software system. I wake up in the morning and it's all brand new, new apps, new layout, new color scheme. It's wonderful. And some people think that perhaps that's what verse 13 means. One night we kneel down beside our bed and we pray to God, Father, please, by your spirit, help me with my anger. Give me a a heart upgrade. And then we go to bed, we sleep, and the next morning we've been changed. So we go downstairs and the children are still fighting and as we carry the bin bag to the door, the bin bag breaks and rips all over the kitchen floor. But through it all, we remain peaceful and calm. The anger has just gone. It would be wonderful. And of course, God by his spirit can act in our hearts however he wants. But I don't think that kind of upgrade is the picture being painted for us here in Romans 8. And I say that because it's very clear we have to do the killing. We are to be involved. And so there is, I think then, a a paradox in verse 13. On one hand, it is us who have to do the killing of our sinful nature, but we can't do it unless it's the Spirit who does it. You see the paradox? And so again, I ask, 
what does it mean in practice to live out verse 13 in our lives? I wish we had time today to read through all of Romans 8 because as Paul goes through the chapter, he gives us different angles on what this fight between the red corner and the blue corner looks like in the life of a Christian. One key verse for us is back in verse 5. In verse 5, Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Here is the same battle being described between the red corner and the blue corner. But the extra insight now is that the battle includes our minds. Our minds matter. Our red corner, the flesh, wants our minds to be set on the things the flesh desires. But our blue corner, led by the Spirit, wants to set our minds on the things the Spirit desires. Have you ever wondered why it is that some mornings you wake up and you cannot wait to open your Bible? And when you do, every line of scripture seems to hit you with fresh wonder and joy and your heart sings because of God's promises as you read. And then other mornings, you pick up the Bible and it feels dull and dry. You find yourself drifting off to Facebook or the daily paper. Why is that? Well, I think here in Romans 8, we get one crucial insight. Our minds matter, and they are part of what this battle looks like. In the red corner, the sinful nature, trying to get our minds set on the things of the flesh, but in the blue corner, the spirit, setting our minds on the things the spirit desires. And the spirit helps us as a Christian to set our minds on God and his word, to have a love for God and his word. And so with that in mind, as you go back to verse 13, I think we can now see that part of the way this fight to put to death the misdeeds of the body takes place, it, it includes our minds. The Spirit at work in us helps us to set our minds on God's promises, to see that in his word he makes better promises than the promises of the sinful nature. The Spirit helps us to choose life and not death. Let me give you an example Many of you will know our mission partners, Marcus and Jen Watkins. They live in Thailand. They help to run a center where missionaries can go to for rest and relaxation. And like the rest of us, Marcus and Jen have been massively impacted by the coronavirus. At the end of March, the center was full of guests who couldn't go back to their sending countries because of travel restrictions. And that wasn't easy. But then all of a sudden, there was a travel window that opened up and within 24 hours, almost all the guests had to suddenly rush out and leave the center all at once. And that wasn't easy. And then once they had left, no one else came. Now I want us to just pause and to imagine putting ourselves into the shoes of Marcus and Jen. In this roller coaster ride that they are living through, what do you think their red corner, their sinful nature is trying to get them to do. Perhaps with the rush to get them to be angry, a short temper with so many people asking for help to leave all at once. Perhaps self-pity, thinking, God, why have you allowed the timing to be so short? Or maybe it's fear about the future with, with no guests lined up. Finances will look tight in the months to come. Well, how do you think the Spirit helps Marcus and Jen to put to death the misdeeds of the body? Well, they begin their prayer letter by quoting 
from Scripture, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And then with that promise from Scripture ringing in, the, in their ears, look at what they write in their latest prayer letter, and I quote, As we have said our goodbyes, we have been reminded that we have a Father in heaven who loves us so deeply, he holds our hands all the way. Marcus and Jen have set their minds on Scripture, but they couldn't do it on their own. The Spirit is there helping them. And not just helping them to set their minds on Scripture, but then to believe the promises of God that he will be with them, he will not forsake them. And then with that promise singing in their hearts, Marcus and Jen can enter into a fight against their flesh, the sinful nature. They can combat the temptation towards anger or or self-pity or fear by clinging on to the promise that God is with them and protecting them every step of the way. The Spirit helping them to set their minds on God's word and then believe the promises and applying that to their everyday life. But what about us? What would it mean for us this coming week to put to death the misdeeds of the body by the Spirit? Well, our minds matter. Let's take anger. We get angry for lots of reasons. Sometimes it's because People don't give us the respect that we crave. So perhaps one of our children defies us and that triggers an angry response in us. Or we get angry sometimes because we have a plan that we want to succeed and someone blocks it. Perhaps it's our spouse and then we can become angry. When we feel anger rising up within us, it's very tempting to try to combat the anger simply through self-control. I must try better, but that doesn't work. So what would it mean to put a death anger with the help of the Spirit? Well, it would mean setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. Imagine if we were to continue to read Romans chapter 8. In the next verse, we will discover that we are sons of God. A few more verses, we discover that we are heirs of God. Imagine the Spirit in us taking those promises and making them sing in our hearts. God is for us. He gave his son to die on the cross to forgive us our sins, even the sin of our anger during lockdown. And God has a plan to bless us with a remarkable inheritance that can never be taken from us. Just imagine if that promise landed into our hearts in a fresh and precious way. The next day when our children disregard us and we feel like we don't get the respect we deserve, if we remember and believe that our Father in heaven says, you're my child, it's okay then we can enter into a fight against our sinful nature and our anger. When our plans don't come to pass, we can remember that God has an inheritance plan for us that will come to us no matter what happens. And so we can afford to let go of our plans without being angry, knowing God has a good plan for us. The Spirit helps us to set our minds on God and his word, on his promises, to believe that in his word we have better promises than what the sinful nature can offer us. And so as we finish, there is something I think remarkably exciting for us here in these verses. I know many of us find it hard to sit down and read God's word. That's certainly been the case during this lockdown. But we're not on our own. We have the spirit in us who helps us to set our minds on God's word and then to believe the promises and 
to help them be sung in our hearts. And so as we pray and ask the Spirit to work in us, he will change our minds and our hearts to help us to treasure God's promises over and against the promises of the sinful nature. And so our minds matter. And so we are helped to fight as the Spirit helps us. 75 years ago, when Winston Churchill made his announcement that VE Day had come, he famously said this in his speech, we may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. There is still much to be done. But when our VE day comes, when Christ returns, we can allow ourselves far more than a brief period of rejoicing for when Christ comes back, there will be no more fighting, no more failure for the rest of eternity. What a day that will be. Until Christ returns, at times we will feel trapped by our sin. There will be an ongoing fight with our flesh, the red corner, but we are not on our own. We have the spirit living within us leading us in a fight with our sin. And the fight is worth it because one day it will be over. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for giving us your spirit. This week, may he be powerfully at work within us, leading us to believe your good promises and rejecting the lies of our flesh. And so in his strength, help us to fight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.